The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 79 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolate synapse, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello and welcome, I'm Lindsay Sant. Welcome to episode 79 of The Catholics of Oz. It's been a while, we have reasons, we'll talk about that soon. But before I do, Caroline Knight, welcome back to The Catholics of Oz. How are you? Thank you. I'm well, a little bit cold, but okay, thanks. Yes, but not as cold as you were about a week ago, is that right? Yes, I was even colder in the cold Zealand. Cold Zealand. <laughs> in the southern lands of New Zealand. Yes. yes. All right. And also but joining us. So worth it. Lino Sabol. Lino, how are you? I'm good, guys. I'm good. Great, great to see you back on Caroline. Safe and sound. Yes. Thank it's, you. Um, nice to be back yeah, with you guys. Yeah. It's been, yeah. It's been such a long time. I think the last time we were together, we are doing one, and then uh, one of our files was, was gone, and then yeah. it's one of those um, hidden episodes that no one will ever never yeah, listen to. No yeah, no one will ever hear it because <laughs> uh, never, a third of it doesn't exist. Somebody could have found it on the internet somewhere. It was, how do they do that? I don't know why. Hey. Yeah, no, nothing's going to save that audio recording. Recording that disappeared. Yes, so let's uh, let's explain what's going on here. So we uh, we were obviously meant to record and have an episode come out recently, um, the actual episode seventy nine, and that didn't happen. Now it's not Caroline's fault. Caroline was in New Zealand. So we Thank knew you. that. We were, pre- we were prepared for that. That was all good. Hope you enjoyed New Zealand, by the way, Caroline. It did. Thank you. I mean, after two and a half years of being locked down and not allowed to go anywhere, and usually we'd go every year to see my husband's family and his parents and everything. So um, it was long overdue, but yeah. it was really, really, really good to go back and see everyone and spend time over there. Yeah. Any yeah. highlights? Oh, where do I start? I mean... Hey! <laughs> I can't be out to our podcast, right? <laughs> I mean, advertise New Zealand to everyone. <laughs> I mean, definitely catching up with everyone again was the best thing about it. Um And, you know, I love the outdoors in New Zealand. There's nothing like it. I mean, maybe there is something like it, but there's nothing like the actual being in New Zealand and going out in the in the bush and, you know, just walking by the wild waterfalls and the wild, you know, everything and seeing the birds and the and just being out in nature is my most favorite thing when I go over there and um and then obviously the boys always want to oh. try every single mode of transport they can find. So we went on the train, we went on the um, trolley, um, sorry, what was it called? The, um, oh my goodness, now I'm forgetting what it's <laughs> called. Uh, but any, everything that there was, we we went on it. Um, oh, the cable car in Wellington. Wellington oh, is nice. known quite yeah, well for its yeah, yeah. cable car. Double-decker cool. buses they've got just as, you know, usual transport. Um, and we took a really nice long train ride. It was a 45-minute train one way and then 45 the other way. Um, up, uh, We went to Upper Hutt, and, um, but Upper Hutt is, I mean, it's just a normal city little town, but the ride itself was the nice part of it because you go by the water and, you know, and then you see the different scenery change as you go up. So the boys really enjoyed that as well. So, awesome. yeah, really fun. It was great. 
There's a lot more I could talk about, but those are <laughs> the things that come to mind. No, yeah. that's nice. really good. Um, I mean, I have to ask you because it's the cliched question, but do you find any hobbits at all? Or oh, Everyone's a hobbit over there. <laughs> 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 yeah. I tell you, they're more relaxed than the average Melbourneian, that's for sure. Yes. Well, um, true. That it's is more true. of a relaxed life. And, um, yep. yeah. yeah, Lots of... You know, the sh- the sheep and the goats are, and, and the cows are the happiest that I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, here in Australia, they're out in the, I don't know why they put them out in the dust sort of, and they're like, yeah. oh, I need water. And those were the fat, happy sheep and everybody at New Zealand. They're like, yay, I'm in grass all the time. Yay, grass. You know, and it's like green and they're by the water and they're, you know, they're just having a great old time. So, yeah. yeah. And don't we all just want to be fat, I saw happy sheep lots in life? Of I know, it's true. <laughs> it is true. And then they've got like little like goats everywhere and they're like little mountain goats because they're all Whoa, just scaling yeah. the cliffs ah, and stuff. I'm like, oh my it. goodness. Yeah. yeah. So they're very happy animals in New Zealand. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh let's uh let's get to the real reason. I feel like I have to keep talking about things that are my fault on this podcast. So <laughs> so <laughs> we so we had skipped an episode at one point. So we had a bit like was it before June was a bad month for this podcast. I'm just gonna say that. I think so, we, we struggled. I think we yeah. got to think halfway we, yeah. through the year and yeah. just struggled. Yeah. Like winter hit, we got a bit unwell. We just all got yeah. super busy it's, all of a it's sudden. Nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. You guys, so we, yeah. it's nuts. We took a little like a mini break in June for one episode because uh, you know we, you and I, especially Caroline, we got we had been super busy. So we thought we'd just put Lino on the sidelines and have a break. We put we. What, <laughs> so if people don't know, when we don't podcast, we actually just put Lino in a box, and then when it's time, <laughs> and then every two every second Saturday when it's time to podcast, Lino just pops out and he's ready to go. <laughs> he's, he's all, all happy. Energy. He had a good he's rest. Ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Lino, Jack in the box. Jack so, in the box. Yeah, so Paulino got stuck oh, in a box, box for a month because. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. So then we had the mishap where I we talked we alluded to before where I didn't record properly. I'd spoken about that in our last episode, uh, and then our last episode was meant to be two weeks ago, but nothing happened mm-hmm. because. I had COVID for a second time. Yeah. Oh, no. that, I think it was yes. the second so bout, wasn't it, Lindsay? Second bout of COVID. Oh, yeah, God, so dude. I copped another oh, another no. one. Now, thankfully, um, <laughs> thankfully, COVID two was was mild. Like it wasn't as bad as the so yeah, Caroline. You remember Caroline January hell because you you and I had oh, it at the no, same time. That, that COVID was, we had in January it was just awful. flattened us. It was, not, us. Not fun it was at terrible. All. No, uh, the second, no. yeah, the um. The second bout of COVID, it was mild. Uh, the most, the the worst. Well, I wouldn't even say worst, but the the um the strongest thing I think was just the tiredness um, that came along with it, um, and the the mental fuzziness oh. was not fun. Definitely. I'd be, yeah. I, so I was able to thankfully um I was able to work from home. So uh, so oh good. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't. Say, yeah, yeah. I couldn't teach any of my classes, obviously, but um but I could do other work. So. And I had a lot to do. I actually, I think I was busier when I was working from home than when I actually work at school. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I was able to do that, thankfully. And, and you know, I'm just grateful that, um, yeah, my workplace, my school is, re- is really supportive when things like this come about. And so I was, you know, people kept in touch with me, made sure I was all right. You know, if, you know, people were patient with me when I was reaching out for information that yeah, I would normally have good. at the drop of a hat, you know, if I was there on site. So, um, yeah, so thankfully I got through all of that. And, uh, the other thing is, uh, all towards, so term two just finished, um, for those listening, uh, at time of recording, I'm on school holidays at the moment right now, you know, mid, mid-year break. Uh, 
I was preparing uh, the year 11 retreat with another colleague, well, with a couple of colleagues. We were getting that ready. And that's a big project, you know, getting the year 11 yeah. retreats up and running. Yeah. Year 11. Uh, yeah, because yeah. we, have, we have eight. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's like running eight separate retreats because we have uh, all of our eight houses go to eight separate venues, which is... Um, which it's it's hard work, but it's a really good experience for them. The reason we do it this way is because it's such a rewarding experience in the way that we've got it set up. Um, and uh, I was meant to go for the whole week, so there, we had you know some retreats in the first three days of the week, and then other retreats in the you know that that swap over on that third day and, and go to the, the second half of the week. So I was meant to go for the whole week and do two you know do retreat retreats and support one. And then because of COVID, I couldn't go to the, and I was, I was just racked with guilt. So my team were like, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. And I'm at home doing this, you know, that whole FOMO thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I, yeah. I really, really, really wanted to make sure I, I got to this retreat, the, the second one. So I was able to go and um, I just gave it everything, to be honest. I, I after missing out that's on the first, do, man. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Mm. Um, and I was, you know, I was tired for most of it. And you know, the, the head of house there was kind enough to let me disappear and have little naps where there were little breaks oh, every now and then. that's so good. Um, yeah. And that helped. Um, but, the, it, but it was a really good experience overall. And, and the, the students were beautiful. The staff who supported were great. So it was great to at least, after all the disasters of COVID and everything else, finish the, um, the term on a high. And uh, and going to the into the school holidays completely drained of any energy or mental, no. you know, mental energy. And it's a, it's good that means it means you know you've done everything you possibly can and then get some rest. So yeah, that's so it. that's it. In the in the anyway, that's my long way of saying that's why we didn't have a podcast. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> essentially, essentially, it was my fault. Yeah. So, but we're back. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all right. Yeah, things so, happen. Yeah, that's right. Carlo was talking about um the travel, and um, I had to pick up. I mean, drop off mum to the airport, oh. and he had to get because she's going to Sydney for like two weeks. I hope three weeks. I'm so hopeless at times like that. Um, <laughs> and um, she'll be she'll be back. I know she'll be back in the 21st of July. So I don't. I got to as long as you somewhere. know when to pick her up from the airport, that's the key. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So yeah. yeah, and um, I looked at it and I went, like, oh, yeah. That travel bug is slowly coming back to me. Mm. Yeah. Two years of missing that. Yeah. So, yeah, Caroline, you get, oh, it was so good to come back and do that. Yeah. No, once you go, that's like, you want to go again. However, it's harder to travel now because, especially if you're going overseas, mm. you've got, we had to fill in a traveler declaration to go to New Zealand plus get a negative PCR test, which now they've scrapped, but, you know, we yeah. were lucky to, enough to be able to get it. Oh, no, they're scrapping it at the end of July. Okay. And then now to get back to Australia, you also have to fill in a traveler declaration oh, wow. as well, but without a test. And then when you fly, you hope that your plane is on time mm. and then you hope that your bags will get there and that you don't have to wait an hour and a half for your bag <laughs> once you get there. Yeah. <laughs> and you hope that your plane is stocked with enough food for everybody yeah, on the plane. Yeah, problem, okay? didn't you? Yeah, goodness. Oh, so we wow. had a few glitches on the way back. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. uh, you know, this due to short stuff and COVID and everything else, yeah. but it doesn't matter. I yeah. mean, you, you, these are just little things you just get through them, but it's so worth it to do yeah. it. So, sounds like Qantas is learning how to do yeah. um, international travel again. <laughs> oh, so, it, wait, where's the plane? What, was, what's this? Oh, what, what's these buttons? That, everything. What, people have I bags. Mean, was, what? <laughs> yeah, there were so many little things that I mean. Now the plane was a bit. I don't know. The the sound wasn't working on some of the. Um, little TVs in front of the, you know, in the back of the seat that mm -hmm. you watch. Yeah. And, and it's like, 
I can't just watch a mime, you know, it's like, it's a, <laughs> you know, it's a long flight, three and a half hours. It's not yeah. like you could just have a nap and wake up or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, anyway. So you have to, you have to watch a movie it. or a TV series and just make up the dialogue on your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it kippers for breakfast, Aunt Helga? That's a a Simpsons (laughs) joke for anyone who knows I'm talking about. (laughs) The St. Smithens Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anyway. Uh, Look, I must admit when I was at the the, um, airport, wow, there was a lot of people going to Thailand. Well, it says Bangkok, but of course everyone in Thailand, I was like, wow, people slowly came back to it, going back to traveling. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's good. And it's you know it's quite great for the economy and um, people trying to get away and just have some fun. You yeah. know, we've been like I said, two years of <laughs> been in Australia for we can't even go out anywhere yeah. that much. We, we, we couldn't even go to the borders. We, <laughs> we, we couldn't go, go five kilometers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 it's just exciting to be it's able to go just, to like yeah. dandy extreme quarantine. Should make a series extreme quarantine Victoria style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We weren't even sure if we were allowed to go that park or that park. I mean, it's just oh, like because yes. of a kilometre different. It's like, yes. oh, my God. Yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. But it's I, great. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a, things are coming back. I needed a permit to go to work, which was 10 minutes away. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Anyway. Crazy times we live through when you think about it now, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's great Ridiculous. we're going to get back to it, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's great. Most importantly, uh, you we're know able what? to get to. Mm. You know what, though? When we went to New Zealand, um, the mask rule was still in place for indoors. Uh, so yep. I had to get used to – I everything came rushing back when mm. I had to put these masks on. And that's oh why yeah. all the experience wow. of the lockdown just came back to me. Like, yeah. my goodness, we've gone back in time here. Oh, well, yeah. at least you're just sort of prepared, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, well, we yeah, took masks with doing. us, luckily. And we know yeah. the yeah. procedures and stuff. We know we're all, especially yeah. as Victorians. Yeah. yeah. And then when we came home and I I went into the shopping centre without a mask, I was like, well, I feel a bit guilty here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, I have not wearing a mask. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As everyone who's listening can hear, we have a lot to get off our chest. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens month. when we it's don't podcast a, for a while. For a while, yeah. Well, and... We'll see each other soon. We'll see, you, see each yeah. other soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so before we continue, uh, if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz, um, if you happen to stumble upon this episode after us not producing for a while, welcome. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating. Just for the banter alone, it's worth the five stars, I reckon. Um, and some positive feedback so that we can uh, hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. And also so that we can reach new people. SQPN also hosts all of its shows, including the Catholics of Oz, on YouTube. So just search SQPN on YouTube and subscribe there and hit the bell to get notifications when new episodes are released. Now, before we continue, Caroline and Lino, I actually have some listener feedback to share um, with, with us. So oh, I might cool. just throw nice. some things cool. out. So first of all, uh, Vivian on Facebook, um, this was her, uh, her response to our previous episode. And this was the one where Lino, you and I spoke about, um, John Paul II's visit to Australia. Um, and Mm -hmm. yes. And, uh, this was the episode that we recorded a second time after the first. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I remember talking about that and it didn't make the cut. (laughs) Yeah. So Caroline was originally part of the episode and yes. So we have a hidden Caroline recording. Yeah. 
just gone to this. It's on my else. computer somewhere. Yes, <laughs> I think I just think my it's voice. gone yeah. <laughs> my yeah. my one's gone. I had yeah. to reformat with hard disk. It's just <laughs> yeah, just Caroline speaking on her own. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Vivian, um, on our so first of all, Vivian, uh, what's it? Thank you so much because she's communicated a couple of times on our Catholics of Oz Facebook um, group, and uh, on that episode she said another fun and educational episode. Also relieved to hear it was just a technology failure that led to a missed episode. So yeah, we're um, yes, we were relieved also, Vivian, um, that uh, that we were able to bounce back from that. And also, Vivian, I just want to thank you personally as well. Thank you so much for your kind words when I mentioned that we didn't have an episode because I had COVID. So um, thank you for reaching out and um, with with your message. So it was received and greatly appreciated. Um, now, um, I hope I'm pronouncing this one pro- uh, properly. Um, but this is uh, Jörg who sent an, e- an email to us, um, which is catholicsofoz at sqpn.com. So he said the following, um, thanks for an excellent podcast, which we can relate to here in Oz. I'm a recent convert being received into the church at Easter Vigil this year. I'm from a Protestant background and now happy to have arrived home. Uh, my parish is St. Agatha's in Cranbourne, and I believe you guys are from Holy Family Dufton. Yes, we are. Um, I've uh, visited your church a few times, especially for the healing mass on Sunday nights when Father Michael Papili was there. Uh, and then uh, he said the following, what are your thoughts on how to integrate into my new Catholic family? I find Cranbourne um, big and uh, to find the right group to fit into with not many English speaking uh, men's group or Bible study groups. I know it's early days, but miss that kind of fellowship where um, which Protestant groups do well. I should mention I am 60 years old and originally from South Africa via New Zealand. There you go, Caroline. There's a connection there. And I uh, appreciate your thoughts and thanks and God bless. So thank you so much, Jörg. So I did, um, I did reply uh, with an email to, to Jörg as well with my thoughts on that, on his questions um, about integrating better into the Catholic family. Uh, in terms of men's ministries, uh, I, I mentioned two bits of feedback. One I said is uh, check with your parish priest, see if there's something that's there. Or if the priest is hearing that there are a lot of parishioners um, you know, who want a men's ministry, like a men's group or something, or a women's group or whatever kind of group it might be, speak to your parish priest for two reasons. One, because your priest might see in you that desire and then encourage you to start something and link you up with people that will help you to start something. That That's a possibility there. Or the, this might be the prompt for the priest to go, yeah, we, I think we need that too. Let's, let's look at putting something together. That's, that's also possible. And the other thing I mentioned as well is um, outside of parishes, there's, uh, Lena, you'll remember this, Men Alive. Um, yeah. Is, oh, wow. is, yeah, is oh, an wow. Australian Catholic men's ministry, which started because uh, the founder of it went to Archbishop Mark Coleridge and said, um, you need to start a, a ministry for men. And Archbishop Mark Coleridge, Coleridge said, no, you need to start a ministry for men. And Men Alive was born from that. And um, and they do different conferences and they do parish um, retreats as well. We had one, oh gosh, how many years ago was it now? Um, I forgot, maybe a decade ago. Either way, yeah, either way, it was a very impactful weekend for, um, you know, for us and, you know, um, and uh, the reason is, uh, you know, that this men's ministry exists is because the person who founded it had noticed that, um, you know, that women were really active in the church, in his parish, in the churches that he saw. And he said, that's really good. But what about the men? Why aren't they as active? You know, why, 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 you know, why are they quiet? Why aren't they also, you know, in partnership, also participating in, in the life of their parishes as well? So this was to encourage men to get more active in their faith as well, to, to find ways to express their faith in their parishes uh, and in the wider church. So 
Uh, Men Alive is another great one in, here in Australia for anyone who is looking for that. They're on Facebook. You can Google them. They're uh, easy to find. Um, so that was my little bit of advice there. I've got two more as well, so I'll just share those really briefly. This was from Glacius on Discord. Um, this was also about our last episode. Thanks for this episode. I've been thinking recently about John Paul II's meeting with Australian, Australia's Aboriginal representatives and, part, and the part Lindsay quoted at the end about the church lacking something until Indigenous people are fully participating is very important and in a way encouraging to hear. I think it was prophetic too. I crossed paths with an Indigenous deacon in North Queensland some years ago when doing youth work, and he was a great bloke. To recontextualize the title of John Paul II's encyclical letter, Ut Unum Sint, and I hope I pronounced that properly, or that they may be one. Iglesias, I agree 100% on that point. And lastly, from um, Yajin Yuan on, uh, on Discord as well, South Australia is great. Thanks for the comment. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, want to thank you all for your feedback. Really appreciate that. And you can leave us feedback uh, on our face on our Facebook page, um, Catholics of Oz. What is it? Facebook.com/slash Catholics of Oz, uh, or on Discord, or flick us an email, or reach out anyway. You know, if you know us personally, just you can do that too. We're happy to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, with all of that out of the way, let's get some content. Um, so, let's start with Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course... The most important things. Oh, yeah. I can sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, Caroline and Lino, um, the topic I wanted to share today was a new letter um, to the church, to the whole church community from Pope Francis. And it's all about the liturgy. And our love for the liturgy and our participation and our understanding of it as well. Now, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the title because I'm going to struggle with it. However, um, it's uh, it's it's based on the Gospel of Luke and um, from chapter 22 when Jesus starts the Passover and he says, "I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer." Um, and that, so Pope Francis makes that the theme. And it's his linking of the um, the Passover or the Last Supper um, of Jesus with the liturgy as well. So this letter is about 65 paragraphs long. So I'm obviously not going to read all 65 paragraphs Ooh. or talk about each one individually. <laughs> That's a lot of paragraphs, um, man. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, I wow. thought what I might do is just talk about it in terms of um, some of the basic themes and ideas that I got out of it. And then please interrupt if you have any thoughts as well. Um, but what he's getting at is there's obviously the church over time uh, continues to reform the liturgy, come to new understandings of what the liturgy is all about. The reason why we have a mass in the first place, why, you know, why is mass so important in the life of the church? And we've all obviously been going to mass since we were, you know, quite young. So we've all had, you know, 40 plus years experience in our lives of, 
of maths and of liturgy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, um, combined ages. How about we go with that then, Caroline? <laughs> yeah. <Better. laughs> yeah. Caroline's only had 21 years of experience. The rest of it, yeah. Yes, All right. Thank so, you. Yeah. No worries. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Yeah, walked into that one, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so the thing is, in our overall life experience, that your uh, each of us, our understanding and our connection with liturgy has changed, and its meaning and what it's all for. And I've spoken before about, you know, for example, earlier this year, I spoke about the importance of the Word of God in liturgy. You know, the the reason, you know, Scripture and liturgy and connecting that way. And uh, I don't want to tread over old grounds. I just want to basically talk about some of the, the key points that I thought were, were pretty important from Pope Francis. Pope Francis has been working on the liturgy a lot as well. So he, uh, some of the background is that um, in 1960, oh my goodness, 62 to 65, I think that's, oh my goodness, some, all right, some historian can correct me on this. However, the Second Vatican Council was a really important uh, gathering uh, church, uh, you know, of, the, of church leaders where they got together and talked about the, how the church can uh, exist in the modern world. How can the church reconnect, talk to people in the modern world, and bring the message of the good news of Christ to a, a, you know, a world that was changing a lot, especially in the 60s. You know, the, the world was changing a lot, you know, modernizing, um, you know, new technologies, all kinds of things. Um, and so the church was trying to tap into the joys and hopes, the fears and anxieties of the world at the time and say the church is here, Jesus is here in these times as, as Jesus has been through all of all of history. Uh, one of the documents that was produced by the Second Vatican Council uh, was called Sacrosanctum Concilium, which was all about the liturgy. Um, and it was about uh, about looking forward to reforming the liturgy so that the the last reforms liturgy was from the council of trent and it's what we would uh, you know what we would talk we call it now the extraordinary form or, or the latin mass you, you um I, I don't know if you've been to one or seen one or heard about one but uh the the latin mass um looks different it has a i mean it has a basic formula that's similar to what we understand now but the latin mass looks very different to what you know our you know all of us we grew up in the you know, the current form of the mass. So it's different to our, our, our understanding. I've been to one, like Latin mass. I was invited to one years ago. So I went, so I've had a chance to see what it's like. Yeah. I've been, been to, one, to one as well. Yeah. I haven't been to one yet. And, and, and in one. our life experience, not going to one is normal because again, we, you know, we live in the time of, uh, you know, of the, um, of the latest, you know, ordinary form of the mass. Uh, so in 19, I'm going to, again, any church historians, um, you can correct me on this, but 1969, I think it was, was when Pope Paul VI enacted the desire for a reforming of the of the rubrics of the liturgy and uh, and released the the missal, the 1969 missal, which is what we use now. So the mass, the, the the mass that we have now, the ordinary form, as it's as it's called, is the one that we participate in now, and uh, and Pope's after Pope Paul VI have made subtle changes, you know, you, you uh, for example, when you, uh, one of the biggest changes that we would know is the changing of some of the language of the mass. Uh, so for example, um, peace be with you. We used to say, and also with you now we say, and with your spirit. So the, the language became more um, liturgical, more spiritual in some places. 
sometimes more confusing. Like people were really hung up on consubstantial. That was a hard one to get yes. around. Because I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, consubstantial <laughs> yes, is like, a, you know, yeah, we used to say one in being with the father in the creed. Now we say consubstantial. It's a, it's oh, a wow. theological term. I re- I, yeah. For some reason, I can't even remember the older. <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> the of the, yeah. I'm, I'm actually forgetting some of the old language as well now, but um, yeah, but, and sometimes I accidentally revert to some of the old language by accident. You know? <laughs> yeah. It times with me too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But everyone knows. I mean, the thing is, the important thing is now, like everyone knows that if someone says, may the force be with you, we say, and with your spirit, <laughs> not, and also with that's you. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, exactly that's, right. That's yeah. the correct way to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's correct. You won't see that in any church rubrics, but I mean, we, it's no. a cultural <laughs> thing that we understand. You might sometimes. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, when some Star Wars language enters liturgical life, that's the proper response. Anyway, we know that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad we cleared that up. Glad Thank we you. cleared that up. Yeah, uh, that's that's fundamental to our spiritual life. But getting back on track, uh, so now Pope Francis has continued to implement because what they say is when a church council happens, it takes you know half a century to a cent to a century to fully implement it, and it takes subsequent generations, subsequent popes to continue you know making tweaks and changes, and and not for the sake of change, not change for its own, you know, its own sake, but for the sake of the people to access what the thing that is being changed, what it's actually all about. And in this case, the liturgy. Um, Pope Francis released an, uh, um, a motto proprio, which is like a direction from the Pope called, I think it was called Traditionis Custodius. Someone, again, someone will correct me on that. And that was establishing that the universal form of the mass is the ordinary form because there um there have been and again like now if you're a latin mass goer or a person who loves the latin mass this is not a dig at you so please don't see it that way but there had been movements in the church um where people which were promoted usually by i'd say usually by mostly by lay people and, and certain lay apostolates um who had sort of overemphasized the Latin Mass as well, said this is the Mass that we should be going to. This is the Mass, you know, that that matters. That you know, you know, the ordinary form is is not a good Mass. And some, I mean, some of these apostles would even say the ordinary form that we go now is just a Protestant version of the old Mass. So these, you know, so these these sort of, they, they, I I personally think that some of these things that were being said were kind of getting a bit out of hand. Especially if you look on the internet, you know what I mean? It's like it was getting out of hand. And you know what? It creates confusion for, for ordinary Catholics as well. That this is the problem. Um, you know, if you're an ordinary mass going Catholic who wants to do the right thing and suddenly you're being told, oh, the mass you're going to is not valid or the mass you're going to is not good. You should be going to a Latin. That's not fair, is it? That's, that disturbs the spiritual life of people. And again, I want to make a big distinction between people who say that and people who authentically go to a Latin mass because that's where they get their spirituality. I want to make a big distinction between that. There's no criticism there. So Pope Francis um, released that letter to say, look, the ordinary form is the, the form that we have now. Pope Paul, Saint Pope, Saint Pope Paul VI, um, you know, Latin rite of the mass. That's what we do now. We call it the Latin rite, you know, the Latin church. Um, and special permissions now need to be set up for the Latin mass as in the the old or the, or the extraordinary form or the pre, the Council of Trent form of mass that needs special permission from the Vatican to run uh, to continue to run now in dioceses around the world. Um, Archbishop Peter Comensoli, when this when that letter had come out, he'd said this is only going to affect a small number of Catholics in you know in the Archdiocese of Melbourne, and you know that's been you know that's been sorted out and implemented as it had to. So that's my long introduction to get to where we are now with Pope Francis's uh, latest latest letter. So the previous one, the Traditionis Custodius, um, 
I'm sure I got that wrong. That was addressed to bishops. Um, and the latest letter um, to the to the, uh, has been addressed to it says bishops, priests, deacons, consecrated men and women, and the and the laity, which is us. So it's a letter about the liturgy for all of us. So I'm only going to give a short um, uh, discussion of it, and then uh, get you guys to chime in. So you ready for this? Here we go. Get your seatbelts on because I'm I'm going to take us through the mass. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Clicked in. So um, essentially, what Pope Francis is trying to tell us is that the Mass is uh, is the way that we encounter Christ in a very special kind of way, and not just through the Eucharist. The Eucharist is obviously one of the central things that we do in Mass, but all of salvation history, from the moment of, moment of creation to the fall, you know, the, the the understanding of the fall of Adam and Eve, and the restoration of our relationship with God. It's, it culminates in the liturgy. It's, it's expressed. The, the liturgy contains all of the theology of the church, he says, and all of the understandings of Christ, the, the, the Christ who is incarnated, who the, his paschal mystery, whose life, death, and resurrection was all about our salvation. It's all found prepackaged you know, and expressed in, our, in the Mass. That's where we find how we are saved you know, through Christ. And all of us are invited to the Mass, he says. It's an invitation to all. and what he says is not everyone has uh, received this invitation because, you know, that's the, the evangelical mission of the church. And he says that he, he says the church needs today to have a missionary impulse. What is the, you know, what is the expression of church? It is to take the mission of the church to, and he talks about, you know, in previous letters that to the, to the, um, the edges of society, you know, take, take that mission to everyone. And, uh, and let them know that they are invited, whether they accept the invitation or not. At least the invitation should be given. And who gives the invitation of the church, you know, of Christ's invitation to come into church and to to find salvation in the mass and whatever? Us. <laughs> We're led by the Spirit. We're the ones who who um, who share that invitation. And that invitation might be shared through a podcast. Hint, hint, you know, <laughs> through the through your everyday meetings and witnessing of your faith with people in, in your workplaces, through through the witnessing of faith to our children and to our spouses, all those you know kinds of things in our parishes. The invitation is given over and over again, but it's not just the priest who does this or the bishops who do this, but it's also us as baptized who also share that that missionary impulse as well. The Catholic Church in Australia is discussing this question at a plenary council right now, the plenary sessions are happening as we podcast. And we'll say more about that in our next episode or a couple of episodes down the track when I've had a, a chance to look at the outcomes of that. But uh, the whole church, uh, even the, um, the, the synod on synodality is all about how do we share this missionary impulse? Or how, do we, how do we energize this missionary impulse so that um, the invitation of Christ into the church is being shared with the world as well? And the Mass is is all of that message wrapped up into one. When we accept the invitation, we naturally gravitate towards the Mass and we, and we, we find God um, speaking to us about, about our salvation through the Mass. So that's me really, um, it's, it's me paraphrasing Pope Francis's introduction there. And he says, the church treasures that phrase of Jesus, do this in memory of me. That is to continue the Mass that he started um, at the Last Supper. So do this in memory of me. So, And he says, so that the Mass doesn't become a vague memory. The Last Supper is not a vague memory and all that it means, but it's something that we enact now. So um, he says the liturgy then is 
an encounter, a place of encounter with Christ. First of all, he says the liturgy actually guarantees our encounter. If there's one place where we can be sure that we're encountering Jesus, it's when we are, when we are in the liturgy. And he says that it ensures that the Last Supper, um, like I said, is not a vague memory, but instead in our presence there, we hear his voice, we eat his body, and we drink his blood. So that's the word and the sacraments put together. And he says, this is how the salvation of God reaches us, just like the concrete encounters that Jesus had in his incarnation. So if we think of, if you think of any Bible story, you know, Jesus and Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house, or Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, or Jesus who heals the blind, you know, Bartimaeus, the blind man, or who raises Jairus's daughter. You know, think of all those, right? That's our encounter with all of those is actually found in you know in its expression in the mass one guarantee that we have in our expression with christ and all those things that he did is through liturgy so pope francis wants to emphasize that um he also says that uh that in 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 one of his previous letters in evangelii guardian which was all about uh, you know the evangelizing uh work that we do in the church now he said it's possible for us to fall into a kind of gnosticism or pelagianism uh, basically, the the attitude of I can do it all on my own. I don't need anyone else. I can, you know, I can learn my faith. My faith is, you know, I I don't need anyone else for my faith. I don't need to listen to anyone else. I know my faith, and we can fall into the trap of actually saying I can do it all on my own. And we actually, our source of salvation becomes ourselves and not God. And we have to and we have to be careful of that. We have to be careful because any one of us can fall into that trap. I know everything. I don't need anything else. And we become a God in ourselves of our own, you know, we know what I mean. We accidentally elevate ourselves above God. Sometimes people's, you know, there's that phrase of, oh, you acting like you're more Catholic than the Pope. And that's, that's, you know, that's a very crude way of putting it, but it, there's some truth in that phrase. You've got to be really careful sometimes. And he says, the liturgy is the antidote to that, to that kind of poison. And he calls it a spiritual worldliness. Um, so we have to, so he says the, the liturgy is an antidote to that. Um, because firstly, we, we put God first over ourselves when we go to mass. It's a humble way of coming to God, putting ourselves before God. And the mass means you have to be in communion with others as well. It, you know, so what, what it means is you, you stop putting yourselves above everyone else because you're there with everyone else as well. You mass can only be understood through the sharing of the, you know, Christ is present. We talk about Christ being present in the word with the priests and also in the people as well. So we are, we're encountering Christ by praying together, by doing the responses together, by, you know, sharing the sign of peace, going to communion together, all those things. We only do it with everyone else present there. So mass is a communal, is a communal exercise as well. So he wants everyone to rediscover the theological beauty of the mass. Uh, And I'm going to just move towards the end of the document now, because a lot of the document also talks about the formation of, um, uh, so the education about the mass, so that that people, the laity, need to be educated continuously about what the mass is and why we go there. That uh, that that we are encountering the salvation, our salvation through Christ in the mass. Well, it's so important for us to understand that again by hearing, by understanding, and so on. So he says that education needs to continue, and one of the ways for that education to continue is to ensure the proper education of seminarians as well, who are, you know, who will enter into the priesthood and the continuing formation of priests too. That, um, that when they do the mass, there's something, there are some things that, that need to be understood. Firstly, we have 
the rubric of the mass, that is the form of the mass, how, you know, all the parts of the mass that happen. And he says the rubric needs to be followed, you know, needs to, needs to be understood and followed. However, the rubric itself doesn't guarantee that the, that the message of Christ is being heard by the people. So he said, for example, you know, we have to make sure the priests wear the right vestments. We have to make sure the right prayers are said. We have to make sure the right, um, you know, uh, what is it? Instruments are used, you know, whatever, whatever it might, you know, and the right things are used in, you know, in the mass. It's all, it's all defined in the rubric and so on. He said, but just following the rubric is not enough. It's also in, um, he said, for example, the, the different things that the, the different prayers that the priest says, he says, even the inflection of their voice is important that they express yeah. it carefully. Yes, true. Yeah, so, true. so yeah. for example, um, it could be, uh, the way that a homily is preached. It's the way that the Eucharistic ritual is, is shared so that it's not just a, you know, it's, it's not just done robotically, you know, um, you know, um, things like uh, the emphasis on, and, and this is one that um, that gets me sometimes as well. So when the uh, when a priest says "Let us pray," there should actually be a short pause for everyone, you know, for all of us to pray together. There, there's the oh, cool, you know, wow, is it? yeah. Oh, so okay. um, so for example, <laughs> at the yeah. beginning of mass, there's oh. what's called the the collect, right? Which yeah, is where correct, yeah. where mm-hmm. the priest will mm-hmm. say "Let uh, let us let pray." Us- and the collect is yeah. literally that. It is all of us praying and all of our prayers being collected and being shared before the next part of the mass goes on, all of our prayers being, being shared um, in the opening prayer. So uh, all, of that, um, all of that correct emphasis so that people understand that they're not just going to a robotic ritual. And when I say robotic, that's not the priest. I mean robotic in the sense that everyone just does their part and then leaves after an hour. So that what they're doing is participating in the salvation that Christ has for us. So again, um, going back to knowing that in Luke 22, when Jesus says, um, I have desi- uh, I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, is that these words were not just for his apostles at the Passover. These words are for us now that Jesus earnestly desires to share for us to share in the mass with him because the, the mass that we enter into is not a repeat or a copy of of, you know, when Jesus says, do this in memory of me, it's not a copy of what he did. We're actually doing the mass that he did at the Last Supper. That mass is the only mass that's ever existed in the history of the world. It's a once and for all. And when we say, when when we participate in mass, we're actually participating in the Last Supper. That's that's what we're doing. So that mass that Jesus does at the Last Supper is not a once-off, a histori- not just a historical event. It's also a theological event, a spiritual event that the Holy Spirit brings to us when we participate in mass as well so we are participating in the last supper so that's again another way that we're encountering christ as well so so the formation of laity and priest in in the in mass is really really important and uh just uh there are just two other things i want to talk about as well one is that he said uh this i'm going to take pope francis's words uh, here and he says it's the importance of uh laity understanding the power of symbols because he believes that the um the the loss of the understanding of what of symbols is one of the reasons why people might distance themselves from the mass. So he says the following. Um, he says here is here there is outlines the first task of work of liturgical formation. People must once again uh, be capable of symbol of understanding symbols. And he says this is a responsibility for all, for ordained ministers and the faithful alike. The task is not easy because modern man has become illiterate. 
no longer able to read symbols, it is almost as if their existence is not even suspected. This happens also with the symbol of our body. Our body is a symbol because it is an intimate union of soul and body. It is the vis- visibility of the spiritual soul in the corporeal order. And in this consists human uniqueness, the specificity of the, of the person irreducible to any other form of living being. Our openness to the transcendent, to God, is constitutive of us. Not to recognize this leads us inevitably not, to, not only to a not knowing of God, but also to not knowing ourselves. It is enough to look at the paradoxical way in which the body is treated, in one moment cared for, in an, in an almost obsessive way, inspired by the myth of eternal youth, and in another moment, reducing the body to a, mater- to a materiality to which there is denied every dignity. The fact is that value cannot be given to the body starting only from the body itself. Every symbol is at the same time both powerful and fragile. If it is not respected, if it is not treated for what it is, it shatters, loses its force, and becomes insignificant. So he uses our understanding that the body is a symbol, first of all, to say if we can't understand the symbol symbolism of our bodies, that the idea that our body is, you know, is is a gift given to us from God and, and is precious and is the means of our salvation as well. The church uh, the church quotes in the catechism um Tertullian, I think it is, who says the flesh is the hinge of salvation. He says if we can't comprehend symbols, then how can we understand firstly why God gave us bodies and and why we have symbols in mass to help us understand God too. Uh, so, for example, um, one obvious symbol that that stands out to me is uh, is the bread and the wine before it's consecrated. So, one thing I tell my family, and one thing I think we should do, is pay attention to the ritual of lay people bringing the bread and wine, body, the, sorry, the bread and wine to the priest, and what these and what these are. First of all, the bread and the wine come from the earth, don't they? As the liturgy says, it's the work of our hands, the work of human hands. You know, blessed are you, Lord of God of creation, for your goodness we have this bread to offer. Um, you know, what is it? Uh, the work of human hands. Yeah, fruit of the vine is the is the is the the grapes or the wine. Anyway, I, I'm mixing words up here, but the point is that um, two things. First of all, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. God created everything we need in order to access God, including symbols. The bread and wine that we create comes from God's creation, God's created earth. The earth is so precious for so many reasons. One of the spiritual reasons the earth is so precious is because it contains all the symbols we need to understand God. Um, so think of, for example, Star Wars The Last Jedi, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry about this. The very end, uh, Rey is speaking to Princess Leia, right? Spoiler alert, right? And she's and she looks around the room, right? And she sees, you know, the, their little, the, the resistance has been reduced to everyone who can fit in the Millennium Falcon, right? And she says to Princess Leia something, and I'm going to, to misquote this very badly, paraphrase it. But she's like, you know, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to continue? How are we going to rebuild? And Princess Leia looks down at the broken lightsaber in Ray's hands, and she says, "We have everything we need." You know what I mean? That we have. So it's the same thing. God has given us everything we need to understand our salvation and to worship God too. So symbols are really important. So the bread and the wine uh, is taken in procession. To Christ, you know what Christ has already given us is offered back to Christ, who is there in the presence of the priest. The, you know the priest is in persona Christi, the person of Christ. So there's another symbolic presence right there. 
the priest is like another Christ for us in in as much as he's you know doing what it is that Christ told us to do do this in memory of me so he's following on that instruction and then when he says the words and uh, and consecrates and lays hands on on it and so on it it's consecrated becomes the the body and blood of Christ so it it's no longer a symbol in one sense in the se- in the sense that it's not just symbolic of Christ but it is also a symbol at the same time because it's symbolic of Christ at the same time. So it's both symbolic of Christ's presence and is Christ's presence at the same time. The, 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 um, and we no longer call it bread and wine, but we call it the body and blood of Christ. And then it's given back to us. We've given it. Christ has changed it and given it back to us so that we can commune with Christ. So the Mass has a ton of symbols and we don't need to know all the symbols at once, but there are a ton of symbols for us to comprehend in the Mass too. So I'll finish up because there is so much more that he says in this letter, and I'm going to end up taking us you know, into, like we're going to go way, way over time. Um, but he says also that, that there's also power in the gestures and symbolic actions that we do as well. So he says every gesture is important. So think about when we kneel and when we stand and when we shake hands and when, you know, and, and when we get out of our seat and walk up to, you know, to receive Christ in the Eucharist, everything we do and everything we say has a powerful symbolic meaning as well. And so we should try and access the understanding of those symbols. So finally, he says, as I've already written, I intend that this unity be reestablished in the whole church of the Roman Rite. So the reason why he's making a big emphasis on the mass is to restore any unity that's been damaged to to grow the unity of everyone to bring to to make us all one as Christ desires I desire that they all be one and he wants us to do that too and he says the sunday celebration offers to the christian community the possibility of being formed by the eucharist from sunday to sunday the word of the risen lord illuminates our existence wanting to achieve in us the end for which it was sent from sunday to sunday communion in the body and blood of christ wants to make also of our lives, a sacrifice pleasing to the Father in the fraternal communion of sharing, of hospitality, of service. From Sunday to Sunday, the energy of the bread broken sustains us in announcing the gospel in which the authenticity of our celebration shows itself. So let us abandon our polemics. A polemic is like, you know, um, angry words back and forth and, and criticism and so on. So let us abandon our polemics to listen together to what the Spirit is saying to the church let us safeguard our communion. Let us continue to be astonished at the beauty of the liturgy. The Paschal mystery has been given to us. Let us allow ourselves to be embraced by the desire of the Lord, that the Lord continues to have to eat his Passover with us. All this under the gaze of Mary, mother of the church. So that was a lot. <laughs> so, and, I've, and I've barely summarized because there, there are other things. He talks about being astonished or amazed by the mass as well in a in a particular way. There's a few other things, but I recommend uh, that people read it. And uh, there are some good summary because some of the language, some of the theology is a bit heavy in there as well, but there's some, also there are some, um, some good articles that have been written about it as well, about why we should understand it uh, and try to understand this letter and what Pope Francis is saying for, to us as well. So uh, Caroline, I'll start with you. Any re- reactions, responses to what Pope Francis is trying to help us understand about the mass? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, this letter kind of makes us reflect on what the Mass is, you know. So, like, what's the important thing about the Mass? Like, and for me, just reflecting on what Jesus said to the apostles, I greatly desire to, re- to 
share this meal with you, to have mm. this meal with you, because he knew he was about to give his life for them and for all of us. And it was, he had a burning desire. This was what he, his mission was all about. This is what it's all come to. This yeah. last sharing of this meal. And he wanted us to know that this, do this in memory of me. Remember what I'm going to do for you. They may not have understood right there and then, but they would mm. have understood afterwards. And now we have the full knowledge of what that was all about. And I think this is the real thing we really need to remember. Whatever language you celebrate Mass in, as long as you remember the what is Mass about, why mm. do we celebrate it? They celebrated in a Passover setting and then afterwards the Mass was developed with the, the sharing, you know, with us taking Jesus into ourselves because he gave himself, God connecting directly with us mm. through a physical and spiritual means. This is what it's all about. And that's what I'm getting from <laughs> what you're saying. And I've reflected on about this myself when I've heard people saying, oh, you say it in this language, you celebrate it this way. As long as you celebrate, you know, the, the way we are supposed to celebrate according to the rubrics, we, and just remembering, you know, what it's about. We don't need to bicker. Let's just celebrate mm. Jesus the way he wanted us to do it because that is the only important thing. I mean, many people celebrate it in many different languages around the world. There may be little bits of cultural influence. Yes, and with cultural, there. yeah, embedded within the culture. Correct, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But the main thing is we're pointing to Jesus, aren't we? Yeah. And And that's... That's the whole idea of it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and and those words have always, sorry, the words of Jesus have always struck me when I, when I, every time I hear, I greatly desire to share this Passover mm. meal with you. And I yeah. just feel that uh, intention yeah. in those words, you know? And yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's what I, that's what came to mind when you were speaking. Yeah. I think Pope Francis would. Like your summary of his letter, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> better you. than mine too. It's a nice short, yeah. <laughs> no, now, not at and, all. And uh, now you've given me something to think about. Like, imagine if we all went to mass thinking of Jesus saying, "I've greatly desired to share, you know, this meal with you." Um, yeah, thinking about so, but as a reflection of before going to mass, it's not just again, it's not just a, an obedient thing that we do, but it's Jesus greatly desired to share this with us for one for one reason to you know. So again, show us this is your salvation. This is how much God loves you. This is how much I love you um, and want to save you. And you can find it right here uh, in, in, you know, in my presence here with me. And Pope Francis says that, like you said, Caroline, that presence is concrete in the mass. That's why we, that's why we have mass. Yeah. Lena, what are your thoughts? Um, changing of the mass is, it took, a, took me and a few, uh, I think some of my family members <laughs> a, while, <laughs> a while to get used to the, um, uh, especially the wording of the, um, um, of what the mass was going through, you know, it was it's, I believe the Apostles' Creed, yeah, the one that's been changed. We've gone from yeah. we believe to I believe, yes, that's correct. There's I a believe, few things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. And um, yeah. and I think once we we pray and and say those um, prayers, I think it just I'm not saying it's robotic. Yeah, I think we know what it means, and with that, we just know how it is. And I, my personal personally, I try to when I pray, <laughs> it's almost like singing. 
not that I do sing, but you don't <laughs> want me to sing. But anyway, I close my eyes, close yeah. my eyes to concentrate. Yeah. And also if I am at, at mass, I concentrate on the tabernacle mm. and on the altar. Um, you know, I did the change of where the tabernacle is. Was that part of the change as well, Lindsay? Uh, like, no, so the... the uh, have the, I asked this before? <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's always meant to be in, in a central place on the altar. Now, um, right, that's, yeah, right. so I, I won't get into the arguments that people have over that, but I think oh, generally, okay, sorry. generally it's meant okay. to be on the altar anyway. It, I think in a, I don't know, I don't think central was the word that's used, but in a, in a, I don't know, I, there, there are words, and I can't remember, but like in a respectful place, but it's meant to be somewhere up the front in a place that that gives it it's the the reverence that it's due um so generally i mean in a way i mean generally it's it's put behind the altar you know in the middle and that's because at, at the end i think my understanding of the intention is that during mass the tabernacle ceases to be the focus and the altar becomes the focus because the eucharist happens on the altar we gather around like like the passover right the, the altar again is a powerful important symbol we gather around the altar around the table for not for Passover, but for for Jesus's, you know, Passover for Eucharist. So the the altar, if you think about it, it's like all of us coming together to sit down for a meal. It, now that's a crude way of putting it, but we, you know, the gathering. Think of any time you gather around a table with someone. It's important, right? It's powerful. It's a, a powerful experience for for whatever reason. Uh, the the altar is the table that we gather around. There's a symbolism in that too. Exactly. Yeah. That was my long yeah, answer uh, to your short question. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. All good. Yeah. Uh, that makes, makes makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, the changes in on the mass um haven't been so drastic. Oh, this sorry. This is coming from a personal view. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't, I don't believe there's going to change nothing, nothing, nothing too major. I'm not going to change. Um. The Hail Mary or the Our Father. Don't, I no, think no there's will, not going to be anything. That will, no, that will, yeah. that will just tell him be there for yeah. a very, very long time. Yeah, and he's not talking about changes to the mass here. He's talking about um, a deeper appreciation of it, a deeper understanding of how it connects to our spiritual life and our access to Jesus too. That he's, he was mentioning that a lot. So, uh, with that, if anyone who's listening wants to tell us about their reading of the letter or their experience of mass, go ahead. We'll, uh, we'll share that um, as well. We'd love to hear it. All right. So uh, let's move on. Caroline, I'm going to throw it over to you. It's been a while, <laughs> um, but let's talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. All right, Caroline. I now we oh now this is exciting. I've been so just as Jesus has been desiring to uh to share this <laughs> Passover with us, I've been excited for you to talk about this story. We've had some, uh, we've had a couple of well, just one at the moment, a rocket launch in Australia, and it's going to pave the way for more rocket launches. So, Caroline, tell us all about yes. it. Okay, yeah, this is very exciting for Australia and space science. So, so I've headed it. NASA launches rocket from Northern Territory, Australia. So this is the first commercial space launch in Australia's history and the first launch for NASA from a commercial spaceball outside the United States. Yay. Very exciting. So um, cool. 
a rocket, a NASA rocket launch in on Australian soil. Like I was from so Australian excited by this. this is so amazing. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. So the launch of a Black Brandt uh, 9 suborbital sounding rocket took place just after midnight on June the 27th from Arnhem Space Centre in the Northern Territory. Um, this space centre is located on Dupamar Plateau, just outside the town of Nullumboy, and it's owned and operated by Equatorial Launch Australia. It's actually a newly constructed facility, and it's located just 12 degrees from the equator, which means the launch vehicles actually get a bit of leverage into the Earth's rotation and gain extra velocity, which... Bit of a kick. Yeah, which is... <laughs> It does, and it helps to cut costs a bit by um, improving the payload to fuel ratio of the craft. So the the launch itself, okay, so it had been delayed a little bit due to rain and wind, but eventually it managed to launch, and the launch was surrounded by a lot of excitement, as mm. heard by the eventual countdown and the cheers during yes. the launch. Now, yes. did you guys watch the coverage of this? I, so I watched the last the couple was like, of yeah, 10, just, yeah. 9, 8, yes. and then at the end he's like, 3, 2, yes. 1, yeah! <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> like so he couldn't good. contain himself, yeah. okay? Yes. It was, was great. Awesome. And then I saw an interview on, yeah. on the ABC News and excitement all around okay it was it was really really cool so um they had um 75 personnel from nasa present as well as other scientists politicians local community members and indigenous leaders Mm. they all watched from about 800 meters away from the viewing platform and they did obtain permission to launch uh, so from the indigenous elders of the land as well to yeah which is which is awesome yes there's a big cooperation with everyone to, to make this happen Exactly, exactly. And so let's talk a little bit about the mission itself. So the suborbital rocket flew up to about 300 kilometers above the Earth and the the equipment went up, I mean the, the rocket went up and then the equipment itself then just came down because it had did a bit of a sample and then came mm-hmm. down and it uh, parachuted safely back to the ground about southwest of the launch site. It carried an X-ray quantum calorimeter, which will allow the scientists from the University of Michigan to measure interstellar X-rays and to understand the interstellar medium. Now, the interstellar medium is the material that fills the space between the stars. This is something we don't know too much about yet. Oh, yeah. And the influence on the structure and evolution of the galaxies and stars. This is the first of three launches. So there's two other launches that have been carried out between the 27th of June and then um, the final one will be on the 12th of July. The two other missions will be focusing on Alpha Centauri A and B, and which are two of the three Alpha Centauri systems that are closer to our sun. The missions will allow for information about how the stars, light, uh, can influence planet's habitability. Now... The second mission that's going to be launched, I'm going to read this straight off NASA site, is the Suborbital Imaging Spectrograph for Transition Region Irradiance from nearby exoplanets, host stars, or Cystine. And this is from the University of Colorado Boulder. Cystine. Oh, I love yes, it. Yes, that's I the short. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. So I love good. these. Yeah. 
Yep. It's targeted for 4th of July and it will study how ultraviolet light from the stars affects the atmospheres of planets around them, which is a pretty cool thing to study, and including the gases um, thought to be signs of life. The third mission is targeted for July 12th and it's a dual channel extreme ultraviolet continuum experiment or deuce from the university of colorado boulder as well and it will measure so far unstudied part of the extreme ultraviolet light spectrum these measurements are needed to model stars similar and smaller than our sun as well as understand the effects on planetary atmospheres so pretty cool um, and just as a side note, why are they launching here? Because the studies can only be carried out in the southern uh, hemisphere because the targets can't actually be seen in the northern hemisphere ah, by NASA. The Aussie and that's advantage. Why doing them here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as you were talking about the indigenous people before, I have a little bit. Um, I thought I should mention their participation as well. So the Arnhem Space Centre has been built on the lands of the indigenous Yolngul people, Mm -hmm. and they are the traditional custodians and the landowners of this area. The great thing is that they were actually involved in helping to build the Arnhem Space Centre Station on their land, space center. It's good. Yeah, it was awesome. And um, so opportunities are actually being provided for them, and they're going to be taking part in future launches and projects and retrieving uh, modules, rocket modules, when they return to Earth. The Gumaj Corporation Chair. So Gumaj is. I've looked it up, and it's actually the website shows that this corporation tries to build up businesses for the local people so the local Indigenous people can take part in employment and helping to better their lives and, you know, just have opportunities for them that perhaps they may not have otherwise. And they also um, have a community resources for people around the area, such as things like schooling, meals, laundry and all of that. So um, it's the idea is that they can have a better quality of life, just like everybody else in the country. So the chairman, Pawa Yunapingu, said that the space industry can provide opportunities for the Yolngu people, he says. We want our young people to see and take up jobs and business opportunities that come from the growth of the Arnhem Space Centre over time. So I love this. It's a collaboration between, you know, you know, Indigenous people of our land, they have such a connection to the stars already and to yeah, you know, the yep. astronomy, yep. and they get to take part in science with NASA. How awesome is that? That's such a wonderful, so good. wonderful so good. Um, collaboration. So, good. so um, yeah. I thought that was a happy note to end it on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had you know, we had Uncle Michael on our podcast. Yes. Was it, uh, no, it was last year, wasn't it? Hang on. Last year. Yeah, I it was think, last yeah. year. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, he was uh, part of his our discussion with him was about his, um, you know, his uh, understanding of indigenous astro- astronomy and how yes. they were doing astronomy well before it was, you know, <laughs> developed as a science exactly. that yeah, relied on the stars and things. So, yeah, there's a, that long connection. Uh, Caroline, there's another awesome mission um, yeah. that Rocket Lab, this, I love this one. Oh. Rocket Lab went to the moon. Wow, they're going to the yes. moon in a, in a sense. That yeah. was what a. <laughs> yeah. what a- launch that was <laughs> oh, it's so good I, that one got me really excited that that for me is apart from this australian one this is one of the big launches of so oh, there are some big things happening sure. this year hopefully anyway yeah. so artemis from nasa is hopefully launching this is their big moon rocket 
will hopefully launch later this year in August, I think is the plan now. Oh, I'm hanging um, out. Hanging spa- out. Yeah. yeah. SpaceX at some point will launch yeah. Starship. Could be any point now. Um, you know, they, they've got their final approvals and now they're just doing their testing campaign and it will go. So that's a big one. Um, obviously Australia, you know, and, and there might be another um, Falcon Heavy, you know, that's the Falcon 9, but with yeah. three boosters, you know, that could be. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, yeah. But this one from, um, from Rocket Lab cannot be overlooked because this no. is – in a way, paving the way to to the moon too. Uh, I yeah. forgot what, what was it called, Capstone. I forgot what it was yes, called. Yes, Capstone. Now. Capstone, that's, yeah, that's which is an acronym one, yeah. for something. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but this uh, with this mission, it was launched from New Zealand. It was only a couple of days ago at time of recording. Would um, yeah, by we actually all by it now together, didn't we? Yeah, we were watching it, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, they would have already done their last um, engine burn from the the Curie mm-hmm. engine from their little the Photon yeah. spacecraft that they have, um, and that. Uh, and it's already on its way to the moon now by the time of recording. What a little machine that thing is. It's yeah. so good. Um, and that, that spacecraft and the equipment on it is the size of a microwave, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. So they're going to... It's uh, tiny. Yeah, tiny. it's tiny as, yeah. So it, um, when it launched, it was set for a six-day orbit of the Earth. Um, and the orbit was getting wider and wider. And I, and just before we, um, we started podcasting, I was looking at... Um, is it Peter Beck? He's the CEO, I think, of, of Rocket Lab. I follow him on Twitter, <laughs> and yeah. and, uh, and he was saying that it um, it was currently about sixty thousand something kilometers um, above the Earth, so that the orbit is widening and widening. Awesome! Um, yeah. And now they're going to How do exciting. their exciting. Oh, so mm. cool! Yeah, and so um, and so at time of recording, that it's going to get timey wimey now. But at time of recording tomorrow, which is Sunday, uh, they're doing their final engine burn to send it on its, um, what is it? Trans lunar injection. Is that what they call it? Yeah. 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 Which is where they, um, which is where it will be on its, its course towards the moon. Now it's actually going to take a while and it's not going to get into that orbit of the moon until November. So we might think of like the Saturn five mission, Apollo missions, we went three days to the moon. Um, but this is a, a very different kind of mission. So it, by November it will reach orbit, but the orbit won't be like a you know standard orbit for Star Trek standard orbit you know but it won't be like a normal <laughs> orbit like what you would think of um, when you think of satellites orbiting it's going to be in a uh, something halo orbit uh, that anyway it's it's kind of like a think of it more like a, a an elliptical orbit so like yeah. a, um, an oval shape rather than a, a circle oh if you want to put it that a way. circle yeah. around the planet yeah. just as like an oval yeah so what would happen is it uh, it's closest pass by the moon will be about i think uh a thousand or so miles which translates to a thousand and a half two thousand kilometers um and then it goes on a really wide orbit and then it kind of comes back again and the reason why they're doing this is because the aim they're testing the physics um because this is the, the point between the moon and earth where the gravity of both should actually hold it in that orbit, holds objects uh, yeah. in that orbit. Yeah. And the reason for that is like a pathway or a pathfinder for the um, the Gateway um, Space Station, uh-huh. which is the yeah. space station that NASA, through the um, Artis missions, will um, will eventually put it, um, the, the modules for that into orbit. And that space station will then be used for people to dock with, or astronauts, I should say, to dock with, and then from there to then go to the moon and then back again, land on the moon. So it's a very complex, a very cool operation, but um, oh, yeah. but this little news, I shouldn't even call it a little company in New Zealand. It's quite, you know, it's getting quite big now in what it's, it's doing. Yeah, mm. it is um, doing big yeah. things. 
Yeah, but the work that they're doing is in cooperation with NASA. It's a NASA mission to, um, you yeah. know, to lay down ground for future um, moon landings, which is really cool. I love it. Super yeah. cool. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll um, share more about that. And Caroline, I wanted to share a, a final science piece as well. Earlier in the year, I think it was when Lino and I were, um, it was a science segment I did with Lino, I think, from memory, uh, when Lino yeah. and I did an episode. We talked about um, a mysterious piece of space junk, an, <laughs> yes. old, an old booster rocket that was going to collide yeah. with the moon. Yeah, so, for the yeah. moon, yeah. yeah. So that happened in March, yeah. as, uh, March or May, as, as was discussed. What, March 4th, I think they're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it did happen. It did collide with the moon. Yeah. They yeah. still yeah. don't know who it belongs to. No. Um, so it crashed into the moon and left two <laughs> small craters. Yeah, it, yeah left two oh. craters. It's got lunar reconnaissance yeah. orbiter. Yeah. You know, taking yeah. photos of the moon, of the crater, not yeah. going to be missed. Yeah, and, and they, they don't know the who crater. it belongs to. So the theories no. are the leading no theories. No one's putting is that, their hands up. No, no one's saying it was me. <laughs> yeah, um, the leading theories are that it could be a SpaceX booster, or it could be it from a Chinese rocket. It left a double rocket. crater as well, which yeah. is unusual. Yeah, and Ooh. so they're saying if it left a double crater, it was actually quite yeah. big, lending yeah. more credence mm. to the theory that this is a Chinese rocket. But they yeah. don't know, so no one's owning no. up. Yep. No. But whoever you are, we will find out soon enough. We will know. Yeah. So you might as well put well, your hand up. It's, it's like with children when they do something naughty, right? It's like, we're, yeah. we're going to find out later. So you that's, might as well tell it. us no now. No exactly. rocket launches yeah. until somebody Unt- puts yeah. their yeah. hand up. Yeah, oh, exactly. Rocket, we are putting you in timeout until we find yeah. out who it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we, we will know. Yeah. So someone just crashed something yeah. on the moon. I find yeah. it disconcerting and, that... Yeah. Um, Oh, just just um, random things. You you can just fire them from the earth, and they can just crash into the moon. Like uh, it's a bit like we concerned you know, about that taking you know, liberties sort of thing. I just feel like is- trashing the moon, just like random trash going into the moon. Yeah, yeah that's what you want to try and keep it as pristine what, what as possible. What goes around comes around, comes yeah. around, and then smashes yeah. into up, the moon. Down. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the part I'm, I don't like about it. Just, just this, yes. exactly. yeah, yeah, no one owning uh, up to it. Do we have um, rogue um, space places, um, companies doing this, Caroline? Are I there rogue, rogue. It could be official rogue companies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> companies now, that are official but are not owning up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. NASA, NASA well, has owned up and said that in the past some of their old yeah, boosters and have. things have yeah. crashed into the moon. That's a that's a known yeah. thing. Yeah, but anyway, we, we will find out. Ooh. I will, yeah, yeah. We'll find we'll in find the words you. of in the, the words of Liam Neeson, I will find you. Find you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Space police are coming. Maybe he says it. Space it police. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, uh, it's scary. No. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So thanks for that, Caroline. I love uh, a bit of space science. is always a lot of fun and yeah, very exciting developments. Yeah, excited. happening. That was awesome. I love it. Yeah. And I love the science behind it. I would love to um, learn about the results that they find because those yes. are pretty exciting. Pretty yeah. cool it was pretty cool. It, it happened in the nighttime. Yeah, yeah Caroline. It was a day. I'm not saying the day will be look. Yeah, look no, it was midnight the when was they cool. launched that one. It yeah. was like just yep. blast. Got away. Yeah, and now here it is. I'm, the, um, I'm going to make this official on the podcast. Bucket list. I want to go see one. Where we? Um, I want to go yes. see an, an Aussie rocket there launch. Were, there bucket were people list. who actually did drive up to go and watch it. Everything oh. was booked around. So if you know of oh, one wow. in advance, you have to book yeah. early. Yeah. 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 Oh, how exciting. How exciting. 
Yeah, All right, well, let's uh, let's move on and uh, let's do a brief because we are going way over time today. So you <laughs> told you, lost to get off our chest, yeah? Uh, yeah that's what happens a, when we don't podcast yeah, for a while. Let's do a whip around the group. What's entertaining us lately? Caroline, what have you been uh, entertained by? What's, what's, what's worth having a look at? Okay, so just briefly, I will mention two things, actually. So I was watching while in New Zealand because I can't get it here because I have to subscribe to another one of these streaming oh, apps. No. In New Zealand, they were uh, streaming for free on TVNZ um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yeah, great show. Oh, really? <laughs> great show. I love it. Yeah. Awesome, oh, awesome. Yeah. Definitely worth it. Um, yeah. It's great stories, great acting, just great everything about it. It's the kind of Star Trek I can watch. Yeah. I just yeah. really yeah. enjoy it. So yeah. um, fantastic. Highly yeah. recommended. Um, I even Great recommended show. it to my parents-in-law because <laughs> they were wondering what <laughs> yeah. to watch next. And I'm like, well, Strangely watch well. the Star Trek. Yeah. And my mother-in-law's like, oh, I don't know. I said, look, if I like it, you're going to like it. Mm, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm not sure if they started it, but um, yeah. yeah. And then nice, the other nice. one, which is something I normally wouldn't, this kind of thing I normally wouldn't watch, but I was intrigued because... It's starring Renee Zellweger and it's something that she normally wouldn't do. You Normally she's in mm. a chick flick or something. But I saw mm. the way she, her acting on the TV commercial, It's um, there's something about Pam. Mm. Now, it's a story based on real life, um, unfortunately, but it is a story about a woman who commits a few murders basically to get money or to hide her crimes and whatever. And um, it's just the character that, Renee Zellweger plays. She plays her so well and they've written it really well. Um, I recommend if you can handle watching, you know, about murder, uh, <laughs> about a woman committing murder, like the whole story about it. The, the, the thing that's hard about it is that it was, it was it really happened. Like it was yes, based yeah. on true story. Mm. But the way they did it was fantastic. The storytelling's really well. Everybody acted really well. It they tried to make it kind of a little bit quirky and fun, but, you know, the bottom line, and, you know, it does get a little dark in places. Of course. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah. it is watchable. I'd watch it without children because of the, the, uh, the, the topic, but mm. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's not your, like, Poirot or Agatha Christie's murder mysteries, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> It's very murder she wrote. Uh, murder she wrote. It's a very American style <laughs> series. Um yeah. which, you know, their perspective is you know, they've got another perspective and I, I just thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. So yes. That was that's what I just finished watching. Our mum watched it too because I said, Oh, you yeah, should you got mum into and, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she watched well, all wow. of it and, yeah. and I don't know if she well. liked okay. it or not, yeah. but she got a lot mm. out of it. We had a lot of discussion about it, which is good because, you know, when you generate discussion, I mean, it highlights a few differences between, you know, uh, when you have a good lawyer, when you have a bad lawyer, when everybody oh, yeah, assumes yeah, yeah. something about you and yeah, you yeah, may not yeah. have done something, but everyone assumes you're guilty and the, the person yeah. really did it got away. And, you know, it's just the whole story. So, wow. yeah, go, I, I think it was it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah, I, I might watch it with Isabel at some point. We are. Yeah, I think um, Isabel enjoy yeah. it. So I reckon yeah. you guys will enjoy watching yeah. it. Yeah, we are. I think we've just finished one. I'll talk about it in a sec. We finished one series and ready for a new one. Lena, how about you? What have you been watching anything recently? Yeah, so we finished um, F one. Uh, oh yes, you've been, yeah, last Netflix. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't like the ending, but but that's beside the point. That's our personal view. But we didn't like yep. the ending. But it was, it was a good good show. Good show. Um, Great story. Too many cars. 
<laughs> yeah, close to like too many cars. Yeah, so many things going. Like I keep on saying on the old podcast, it's like so many things going back and forth. Yes, and people, yeah. yeah. But that's a good thing about F one is you're not just seeing a car just drive, which yeah. is pretty cool. It's yeah, big, yeah. they got about three hundred k's an hour. But um, that was a good good show actually, good show. Of course, that was last season, twenty 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 one. Yeah. So of course we'll wait for this season. Of course they'll keep on going until how many seasons they can do. Round and round and round. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sorry, I had to put that in. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yeah, one for this. Very good. Monotonous. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Looney Tunes, for that line. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We are um, Looney Tunes. <laughs> 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 it's true. It's true. Um. So watch that, and uh, we watched the first episode of um, Stranger Things. Wow. Ah, wow. Yep. I don't know if you guys have started watching that, but that's getting good. It's getting good again. So, yeah, that's a good show. Um, And I think everyone, you know, both of us would know that we all bought new computers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, I had to accident buy one. Yeah, unfortunately. Yes, <laughs> yes yeah. Um, so I, I just built one, my one, a couple of weeks. Oh, gosh, a bit a couple. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago and see how that goes. And, um, it's been all right. It's been all right. Look, our streaming is all right. It's been okay here. I was a bit concerned that we're going to use this new software. We go, oh, no. Thank goodness I haven't upgraded to Windows 11. That's all I can say. <laughs> 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 Windows yeah. 11, not yet. Not yet. I'll not wait yet. for it. Yeah, it's yeah. been good. It's been good for us. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So because it's been a while since you've podcasted, there's been quite a few things, so I won't go into everything. But yes, I've obviously been loving Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I saw episode nine last night, so time of recording. Um, man, it's it's been so good just to have a an original series era show that's just mm-hmm. episode of the week. Um, interesting stories, you know, told in you know in the space of an hour. And uh, um, my favorite of the modern Star Trek series by far, by a million miles. I'm really really enjoying it's it. Very well done, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's about time they had a. I've always wanted a Captain Pike series, yeah. something along those lines. So it's good that they listened to the fans and and did that. Um, yeah, I've been watching the Orville. So, uh, yes, so, I watched oh, that no. oh, about no. five episodes in. What's, oh, no. Yeah, what's interesting about season three is the tone has changed a lot. Mm. Uh, so oh, it's okay. so it's not so. The first season went a lot re- with the comedy thing. The second season kind of toned it down a little bit, but but mm. maintained it. The third season has a few. I would say there are no gags. There's just a couple of verbal jokes every now and then. Uh, you know, like in the first season, you know, like the the comedy would be things like as a practical joke, um, yeah. the rope, you know, Isaac, the robot who has no idea what practical jokes are, but has been tutored about how they work, you know, because someone played a practical yeah. joke on him. He took all the parameters and as a, as a robot, as a, you know, uh, he, he put, put all the parameters, took it all together. And his practical joke was to remove the leg of one of the crew members. Yeah. You know, it went from that yeah. kind of humor yeah. to, to, you know, there's just a couple of like, you know, jokes, you know, um, yeah. it's, it it's more serious, like, didn't it? it got serious. Yeah. It's and serious. the thing is, I, I don't mind it. Um, so mm. I know that Seth MacFarlane has wanted this to be more of a traditional Star Trek series anyway, yeah. like Star Trek, like kind of series because of his love of Star Trek. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's got to that, you know, it, I think it had to be advertised originally as a comedy, you know, like a, a more like a galaxy quest kind of comedy in order to get approved yeah, and not, and not be perceived yeah. as a Star Trek ripoff. Um, Star Trek rip- <laughs> yeah, but now, but now it's a Star Trek ripoff. Having said that though, having said that though, that they're going more with 
a thematic kind of approach. So it's mm. it's the sci-fi that explores, you know, the good old what it means to be human and and some it, it actually like it's tackled some pretty heavy yeah, themes. I won't has. mention what they are because people have to watch it for themselves. Um do I recommend it? Yeah, I think it's worth watching. I mean, you have to, you know, it's not one I'd watch with my kids like, you know, like you were saying Caroline about the other show before. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, it's a but, bit scary. I think what yeah. they've they've uh, embraced a little bit. Uh, they're playing with themes a bit too, like yeah. a bit of horror in there as well. Yeah, like a bit one of horror. Of the yeah. was, was, yes, and yeah. it's like, oh, that one. It was like, oh god, I don't yeah. like horror. You know, it was like, but yeah. I think, yeah, but it We're, still draw, still keeps me watching. Yeah, and and the thing is though, you know, it, I would say that. It hasn't been too preachy, which is good. Mm. And I think that whatever messages that they get across, because there are some messages that are going to be challenging for us, it's it's worth just being able to say, all right, this is what they pre- presented and I can evaluate it on my own as an adult, which is good. I think that, that it's it's provoking in that way. And I've enjoyed that. It's been pretty good. Uh, mm. The um, What else? Oh, so Isabel and I, we watched The Wheel of Time together, which is on Amazon. Yeah, how's that? Um, yeah. uh, so good, good, but not great, I'd say. So I enjoyed it. Uh, and there were some episodes that were better than others. But uh, one thing I don't like about television shows is when they go, emotions will save us all. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being oh. too harsh. Maybe I'm too being too harsh. But sometimes it's like, it's the power of someone's emotion that saves the day. Or, you know, okay. it's, it's the emotion <laughs> that brings out the magic in a person and things like that. You know what I mean? Like that, that kind of bothers me sometimes when it gets a bit too emotional. Having said that, it is interesting. Um, and, and I do want to watch the second season when, whenever it comes out. So uh, there's a lot of... Um, when I was watching, I'm like, wow, that's a lot like Lord of the Rings. Like that, There's a city just like Lord of the Rings. There's a character just like Lord of the Rings. There's a journey just like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and, like almost every episode I was saying to Isabel, just like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I was <saying> <laughs> a lot. Um, Maybe it's, it's made by someone who loves Lord of the Rings. And just it, possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and interesting. Now, I know it's based on it novels is. as well. Um, and, and it's I've a heard, huge big book, yeah, man. Yeah, there's like 14 books in the whole series. And there's, yeah, um, I, know, I know it's based on novels. And I know there was criticism of it because... Um, Apparently they cut out a lot from the novels, you know. Whatever, well, I've never read the novels. Yeah, well, I've watched it as a series and enjoyed it, there. so that's okay. Yeah, um, I think it's enjoyable overall. Um, a bit violent in places, probably. Uh, sup- uh, Isabel, like there'd be episodes where like it's pretty calm. <laughs> book, yeah, yeah it's, where it's quite calm, and then suddenly it's violent. Hit when Isabel, like, whoa, that's a bit much. But yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, so again, wouldn't watch it. Wouldn't watch it with kids. Yeah, there are some themes in there. But uh, pretty good overall. Some of the characters are likable. Some of them are very annoying. But yeah, but overall, but overall, yeah, it's it's done a pretty good job. I'd say it's it's. I wouldn't. I would say, and people might disagree with me. I'd say it's not a top top of the shelf fantasy uh, kind of series. But if you like fantasy, I think you'd still enjoy it overall. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's all real guys. Is um the new um Lord of the Rings series coming? Coming in out soon? September, I think, and I'm oh, I'm wow. cautiously optimistic that that's going to be good. I hope it's I hope it's good. Yeah. Well, if if they do base it on the book, it will be. It should have been. A, I'm sorry, guys. I keep on saying it. It should have been a series, maybe at the start, because the yeah. books, you know, you guys, you know, guys, how many <laughs> troubles yeah. they went through. Yeah. Yeah. Many places people, but this isn't the Lord of the Rings trilogy, though, Lino. This is. Oh, that's set, right. I, forget I think that. it's like a thousand years before. So. Uh, now, my uh, what I'm getting. So now, the reason why I, again, this is a, is a side story. 
Um, I finished my my essay that the last essay I was working on. One of the reasons we didn't podcast for a while. It's like seven thousand so word ten, essay. Ten G, ten K, or seven seven K. Uh, seven, yeah, seven thousand this time. Yeah, seven K. Um, okay. Stole a lot of my life. So to celebrate after I <laughs> after I uh, after I submitted it, I played some Xbox. <laughs> so, yeah, which I haven't done in ages. And the game I played on the Xbox was Lord of the Rings: Shadows of Shadow, War, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, Shadows of Mordor, that. that's the one, yeah. And and basically, it's kind of like this story that could fit within the Lord of the Rings universe. Um, but one of the one of the things that does happen is that you uh, your main character in the opening of the game they die, and suddenly they're they're linked to their body is linked to the spirit of an elf called Kellen Brimbor, who was the elf who made the rings, including the One Ring. Ah, uh, oh, right. So there's all okay. these links, you know. And what happens is. Um, part of the game is you find objects in the grounds which contain memories of this elf, and it, so it goes to the forging of the rings as part of it, which is interesting. And then, uh, and then I just happened to be reading about the Amazon series and saw the name Callum Rimbrow, who's one of the characters. I hope I said that right. So I, oh. I get the feeling this will be about the creation of the rings, and then the first war of the ring as well. I, th- I feel like that's what what the where oh, it will probably right. head towards. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, I understand. Yep. 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 Now, yeah. as a yep. side note, you know what's cool mm. about New Zealand? I went to um, a movie theatre because we saw the, the Lightyear movie and there's yep. like Lord of the Rings um, memorabilia everywhere. So oh, like yeah, of course. costumes yeah. And, yeah. and things like that. And it's yeah. like, wow, this is yeah. cool. It's like you go to the cinema, you're in a museum. So it's really yeah. cool. What? Yeah. They really have embraced that. Oh. that whole series. Yeah. 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 Oh, and there's memorabilia. You'll find memorabilia. You'll go to places and they'll just have it there. It's like so good. Yeah, okay. everyone knows that because of Lord of the Rings, New Zealand's you know adopted name is actually Middle Earth. We know that. That's- it is exactly. Middle Earth, yeah. yeah. It felt like very Middle yeah. Cold Earth, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine us. The only thing we could even have is Mad Max. Oh, yeah, we don't want Australia, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the only we'd, thing we have. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't want to have, to have like, you know, post-apocalyptic Australia. We don't, you know, we don't want people to no, think no. about that when they come here. Yeah. 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 But that's the only thing. Baz Luhrmann's all. Yeah, no, don't even go to Australia. That's No, that movie, mm, that's so, so bad. So I haven't bad. seen that movie. Yeah, Australia. No, I don't. Yeah. It's, it's not worth Hugh Jackman. So, yeah. Lindsay, two, yeah, two hours of your life will just go, yeah. All right. I'm sorry, Lena gives that sorry. movie half a kangaroo. Yeah, out of five. Yeah. <laughs> half a gum leaf. Half a gum leaf. <laughs> half a Hugh Jackman. Half a Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And a quarter of a Nicole Kidman. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's roll on. Um, so thank you very much to everyone for joining us for this extended episode 79 of the Catholics of Oz. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Catholics of Oz. Today, we'd love to thank Elliot B, Sean N, Greg O, Daniel S and Ruben L. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the shows on StarQuest to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. If you have any thoughts about our show today, we'd love to hear about them and uh, we'd love to share them as well. You can send us phys- feedback by visiting sqpn.com slash Oz, where you can also find our links for things that we talked about in today's episode. SQPN has the Insiders Club newsletter where you get updates about the upcoming shows and you can find that at sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter and you can sign up there. 
If you'd love to talk to us directly, there are a couple of ways to do that. But one way to do that, um, the best way to do that at the moment is to go to SQPN's Discord channel and have a chat with us there. SQPN.com slash Discord. There are channels for uh, the Catholics of Oz and our other show, Let's Science, which is our science segment um, as a separate show. So if you'd like to talk about any of those, please do. We'd love to talk to you there. You can also uh, find out more about our shows by visiting us at uh, facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz, spelt uh, with an OZ at the end there. And don't forget that SQPN has its own Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia, or the handle at SQPN on Twitter. Caroline. Oh, actually, before I say Caroline, I should also mention we have an email address, Catholics of Oz at SQPN. Now, Caroline, thank you so much for being part of the episode today and sharing your insights with us. Appreciate it. It was fun. It was really fun to do this again with you guys. Yes, it's great to be back again. And Lino, <laughs> thanks for coming out of your box and joining us again. <laughs> <laughs> now get back in there. Go. No, get, get. <laughs> Wait, he can't because his cat his cat is in the box now. But, yeah. but yes, for those who are, well, no one can see it, um, but we have a separate chat here. Um, Lino's cat has been bothering him the whole time. So, yeah, you can yeah. go and feed your cat right after this episode, Lino. I think go. I'll, I'll, I'll better, better, better do that before we... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, got, whoa, settle down. My cat's meowing behind mm-hmm. the door too. He gets very offended <laughs> if I close yeah. the door. He's like meowing. Just, the, I don't know if just, you can hear meows in the microphone. Yeah. But yeah. That, that's how we know yeah. how to wind the up the show. Yeah, it's when, when the cats start demanding that we finish recording so we can... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. It's like, yeah. thanks for having me, guys. It's been great to be yeah. together. So what is this, Lindsay? What yep. episode number is this? 79. And we're going to turn 80 next time, do you guys? That's right. Yeah. Is 80s. there a party? Is there a party? Come up. We'll have a party. party. We'll have a party. Cupcakes yep. for everyone. Yes. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Cool, I, cool, I think cool, the party cool. should be gratitude for getting through the, the crazy <laughs> 70s. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the hardest, hardest schedule for a podcast. Hardest been the, decade. The 70s, yeah. 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 Those, those 70s. Mm, those years were <laughs> crazy yeah. back in those days, yeah. Yeah. So thank you all for listening to episode 79 of the Catholics of Oz. My name is Lindsay Sant, and uh, we will uh, see you next time. 